Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast this week. I am so excited that you're back with us. We took a little break last week. Honestly, Scott and I took a great vacation. It was kind of nice to step away from the day-to-day. I hope you guys have been getting some chances this summer to do the same, to step away from your day-to-day life and just the craziness of that. You know me by now. Hopefully you'll understand that I value, we all should value that Sabbath mentality, right? Of stepping away from the things that tend to overwhelm us and burden us and make life just feel really heavy. So I really hope that you're finding margin in your life to do just that, whether that's just waking up a few minutes early in the morning to pause and reflect, to pray, to read your Bible. I pray that you're finding even just little moments like that, if not a full vacation away with your family to just get away. It's so valuable. Never feel guilty for doing that. And I have to admit, it was kind of hard for me to keep checking in and being like, hey, I I should not feel guilty for taking some time off. But we're back this week. And for the next couple weeks, we are actually re-releasing an incredibly popular series that we produced last summer. And this was the body type series where we dove deep into the different body types that are out there, the ectomorph, the mesomorph, and the endomorph body types. Why am I coming back to this? Why are we re-releasing this? Because there's so much value in seeing yourself through a different lens. Not just always taking your own body and comparing it to what you think is the should be, right? What you think your body should look like, what's kind of the cultural norm. I think it's incredibly liberating to see our bodies in a new way, to see them as, wow, God designed my body this way. And it has value and purpose because of that. These are the things that I excel at. These are the ways that I can maximize my own body's potential because I know more about my body. It's incredibly fascinating, but so liberating when we are stuck in a negative body image trap, right? When we're constantly on that circle, that circular pattern of thinking about, oh, I wish my body was different. I wish my body was different. Understanding your body type is probably the most effective step to valuing your own body's shape and the ways that make you unique. So that's why we're circling back to this. So over the next three weeks, so today and then the next two episodes, we are going to dive deep into the ectomorph body type. We're going to dive deep into the mesomorph. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you've seen me (laughs) doing workouts and doing exercises. I am a mesomorph. We're also going to dive deep into the endomorph body type. And I know that that can be really kind of confusing 
the different body types and am I this, am I that? I, I just don't understand. I don't know. I feel like I might be one way, but my behaviors and my body's tendencies and the way it looks now are telling me different. So my hope is that after listening to this series that you'll have more clarity. Maybe after listening to it again, you probably already listened to it, but my goal is for you to glean more and more information about your body every time that you listen to the Strong Mamas podcast. And I think that these episodes are really, really helpful and effective for doing that. If you could, there's one thing I would love for you to do. Please take a minute to go to iTunes and rate this show, maybe even leave a two or three sentence review. That is so helpful for getting the word out about the Strong Mamas podcast. We're gaining more and more listeners to the show, which is awesome. I love having you here and I want to have more of you here, more people learning about their bodies with really, really good quality information, but through a lens of Christ. So good, right? So when you go rate the show and leave a review, that helps. All right. Another thing that you can do is head on over to the Strong Mamas website. If you have not checked that out yet, I highly recommend you do. It's just strong-mamas.com. Mamas is always spelled M-O-M-M-A-S. And you're going to find a ton of great stuff on the website, okay? Not to mention meal plans that I have put together specifically for each body type that will help you do this better right? Because it can be super confusing (laughs) how you're supposed to eat for your own body, for your own goals. You're also going to find information about the Strong Mamas coaching program, which I have designed from the ground up, which is, it's all inclusive. It basically includes everything you could possibly need to experience the body God wanted you to, okay? workouts, nutrition, accountability, community. It's all there. It's all there. So make sure you head to strong-mamas.com and poke around. Okay. All right. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. So first, let me introduce my co-host today. Scott, my husband is with me again today. How's it going? Good. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So let's go back into this idea of talking about our individual body types. It's kind of fun. I think a a lot of people really enjoy this topic. And last week, we were at a theme park. (laughs) And you're going to see real quickly where I'm going with this. And it was not Disneyland. It was not Disneyland. But when you're at a theme park, okay, I want you to go with me for a minute. Think about when you're at a theme park and there's literally crowds and crowds of people. There's parents, there's kids, there's grandparents, there's so many people and you're mingling with all these types of people. It's a great place to people watch and a great place to see the variety of bodies that are out there. Sometimes it's hard to miss. And clothes and, <laughs> and hairstyles and, and hairstyles and everything. And fashion and yeah it can be kind of entertaining and funny enough we were at a theme park that had also a water park section to it so you really it's a great place to really people watch people's tattoos (laughs) I'd have to say you saw a lot of body art Um, but 
This is also a really unique opportunity to recognize the fact that all of our bodies are so incredibly different. That is an understatement. (laughs) Some of us are tall and slender with like really little small wrists and ankles. Some of us are more compact and muscular, maybe more medium sized. And then you've got other people that are very tall and broad. You might even have short and broad. You might even have somebody that's just very, very petite. So there's this big, wide range of body types out there. Now, before we go into breaking down the various body types, I think it's extremely important to set all of this up properly because we're going to dive into the details of them over the next couple of episodes, but I want you to go into it with kind of the proper heart perspective, the proper mental perspective, because I don't want you to listen and think, well, I wanna be that type. What can I do to become that type? Or that type must be better than my type. I wanna make sure that we're setting us up to not do that, because that's something we could easily slip into if we're not careful. We need to begin with a recognition that God is remarkably creative with his design. It's pretty obvious when you're at a water park. <laughs> there's a lot of- All shapes and sizes. There's a lot of creativity there. The diversity among the human population is pretty, it's really unbelievable when you think about it. And there are now so many ways out there that we're all trying to understand the vastness of this diversity. So of course, body typing is, is one way that we're trying to get a better handle on God's diversity of how he designed all of us. But of course, there's also diversity within cultures and different ethnicities. I think skin color is also another obvious diversity among all of us. Another diversity could be just our own personality types or our character, maybe even the diversity in our IQ levels. I think that's another way that we can be diverse. I don't know. Am I missing any? (laughs) I feel like those are probably the main ways that God has made us very diverse. At least the ways that we can see or are readily identifiable. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. And then, of course, like I mentioned, body typing. Some people will go about this by doing like blood typing. Um, But this is what we're really going to be exploring more of on the next few episodes. Unfortunately, I think that within each of our different cultures, we have norms or certain desirable traits based on popularity. In America, over the years, there has become a certain set of traits skin color, personality, a particular IQ, and a particular body type that has somehow been placed up on the pedestal of peak desirability as a woman and as a man. And if we don't have those particular traits, we feel that we are a little less deserving or somehow less valuable. And what I think is interesting is this has changed over time. If you go back, there's often you can see interesting pictures of what the quote-unquote ideal woman looked like in the early 1900s. Totally. And that looks very, very different of what a picture of the quote-unquote ideal woman might look like today. Oh, yeah. I think it's interesting because even looking at men, I think over in the last century, the ideal woman has gotten smaller. The ideal man has gotten bigger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I, I say ideal in quotes, or basically what our culture is telling us is ideal right now. 
Exactly. And different cultures have different opinions on that. In some mm-hmm. cultures, it's looked upon positively to be overweight. Right, right. Because it says that you are somebody of stature and somebody who right. has excess and extra because you are successful. So it's actually looked at as a positive in some cultures. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of need to make sure that we're also looking, we're recognizing the way that we view the different body types, that we're, we are viewing them through a particular cultural lens that we have and recognize that that's actually happening <laughs> and be aware of that. But we need to understand that this thinking that there is a particular trait or a particular body type or particular characteristics that are more valuable than others, this thinking, you guys, it's a product of sin and it's a product of sinful thinking. This was never at all how God intended us to think or intended us to behave. And the truth is that we all bear God's own image in our very own unique ways. If we go all the way back to Genesis, in the beginning, God goes about his creative business, (laughs) his creating business, Um, but something very different happens when he creates man. All the other things that he made were created according to their kind. If you go back and actually read the text, um, but when it comes to human beings, it says that we were created according to his kind. We were made in his likeness, with his traits, with his authority, with his levels of personality, spirituality, and even his physical bodily likeness. So each and every one of us are made in his likeness and reflect his image here on earth. And we can look at a a beautiful mountain, you know, something in creation, something that God has created. We know that and it's absolutely beautiful and majestic and we can sit and admire the fact that God created something so marvelous but you need to remember that that image or that mountain does not bear god's image you do that mountain was not created in his likeness you are far more beautiful and majestic than any mountain because of that fact scott you're so majestic (laughs) (laughs) i have been called a lot of things in my life but i do not believe that majestic is one of them majestic I like that word though. (laughs) But I think that we need to make sure that when we're admiring things around creation that we recognize that, okay, those things are amazing and beautiful and wonderful, but those things are not created in his likeness. We have been set apart. We are created in his likeness. Just that fact gives you and it gives your body dignity and it gives it worth. And even beyond the collective human race as a whole, Nobody else in the history of the world has reflected him the particular way that you do. That's a really crazy thought. When you think about the billions of people that have walked this earth, not a single one has been his likeness or reflected his image the exact way that you do. And that's all encompassing. You know, that's not just your spirituality. That's your, that's your personality traits. That's your the way your body looks even, that's that's a lot of things. That's all encompassing about who you are. Do you have anything to add no. to that? No. It feels a little bit like when you're a kid and you hear all the things, everybody's special. And I think <laughs> that we hear that and then as we get older, we kind of start to laugh about it a little bit and it or becomes kind of a that. terse. Yeah. Or we 
focus so much on our flaws that we lose perspective of the uniqueness that we really do hold. So I think it's an important reminder the way you're talking about it right now, because I think we lose that as we grow up, but that is an important thing for us to remember. For sure. And I think it's easy to see this with personality typing, maybe a little bit more than body typing. Okay, what's the big rage right now? Everybody's doing it. Well, in this house, it's Enneagram. Everybody's doing it. The Enneagram. Okay, and if you don't know what this is, you've probably been living under a rock (laughs) for the last year. But the Enneagram is basically a form of personality typing. Um, It's actually been around for centuries. But what I've noticed about the Enneagram is that each of the nine types are, and these are personality traits or personality types, each of these nine types are reflections of God's personality. Have you ever thought about that? For me, I I happen to be a nine on the Enneagram, which is a peacemaker. That's the characteristic. So that characteristic with its strengths and its faults, those things come through the strongest in me. And whereas God is the fullness of the peacemaker, he is the peacemaker as it should be, as it always intended to be. It's all the strengths of a peacemaker in its wholeness, none of the faults. And that personality trait of his is coming through me. And then you've got all the, you've got a bunch of other personality traits too. I know that you are the loyalist. You're a number six. Number six. Number six. And then you've got like the enthusiast, the challenger, the perfectionist, the achiever. All of these personality traits are really just reflections of God's fullness. And I think what people like about the personality trait is it feels like it tells you something about yourself. You take the Enneagram and you can go, oh, I completely identify with that. This is really fun. And even when it comes to the faults or the things that we're not as happy with, it's still exciting because you feel like you're understood or that it goes with part of your positives and that those kind of in balance together are what make you who it is. And I think it's easy to do that with our personalities, but as we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about, I think it's a little more difficult to do that when we're talking about our body types. Well, and even when we're talking about our personalities and when we learn and and discover what our faults are, We have that light bulb moment where we're like, oh, now I know exactly what I need to work on more. And you're going to see that with your own body typing too, is that you're going to have some light bulb moments where it's like, oh man, I was working so hard in this area where I should have been over here focusing more on this based on my body type. So it's very, very similar. And going back to kind of that fullness of the personality types and how God is the fullness of that, we we really saw this in Jesus himself. Just try applying the Enneagram to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what number is Jesus, Megan? Come on. He's going to be all of them. <laughs> Did anybody ever think about that? <laughs> Jesus, type 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. <laughs> But that's perfection, you know, it's the fullness and and each of us just kind of represent a piece of him and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. But it would be a really bizarre and horrible world if we all had the exact same personality type. (laughs) Be really weird. Nothing would happen or get done. No. And we need to see this with our bodies too. It would be a really bizarre and horrible world if we all looked identical. (laughs) 
If we all had the exact same body type, it'd be really weird. And so whether we're tall, short, whether we're slender, whether we're stout or muscular or compact, we each reflect him. We reflect his power. We reflect his grace, his size, his presence. Unfortunately, we're all exerting way too much effort trying to change our bodies to become more like what we think is that cultural ideal or trying to shove ourselves into a different category, which is honestly a pretty rude slap in the face to a creator that specifically created you to bear his image the exact way that you do. So it it would be like as if you had a very strong personality trait and you said, no, I'm going to force myself to do everything I can to become somebody that's totally different. And God's like, no, I, I created you like this. I want you to be like this. One verse that sticks out to me, it's in Jeremiah 1.5. God is speaking. He's kind of conversing to the prophet Jeremiah kind of before his career <laughs> as a prophet. And Jeremiah is really doubting in this moment. He's kind of being told what his appointment is for life. And Jeremiah's like, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) Probably tells us something about Jeremiah's (laughs) personality type. Totally. Yeah, right? His personality type. But what what does God say to him? He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah goes on to say more doubtful rhetoric about being too young, not having the right skills, etc. It's just like we do with our bodies, kind of this argument that we have with God. But he's like, no, 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 I made you. I formed you in the womb. I gave you an appointment. This is my plan for you. And, and here we are just kind of wrestling. And then another place in the New Testament now is in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul breaks it down even further and talks about the variety of spiritual gifts that we have all been individually given as believers in Christ for the common good. And he says that the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts to us and he alone decides which gift each person should have. And just as the human body is made up of so many different parts, the whole body of Christ is made up of many parts with all of our diversity and variety of spiritual gifts. It's, this is what makes us so beautiful and effective as the body of Christ. I think the nice part about the spiritual gift comparison is that with spiritual gifts, it can be like body types where we look at something that might be an ideal or we might think some gifts are better than others. Right, like the ones that are more out out there on the front lines or the more flashy gifts like eh, hospitality like that's not very exciting yeah i mean (laughs) being the preacher at the front of the stage that can bring people to christ that sounds like a really exciting one yeah being the guy in the parking lot because you're good at administration yeah doesn't feel as exciting it doesn't feel as valuable but that's not how god operates and we got to get it out of our minds that there's almost this like hierarchy and obviously the, that, the verses in 1 Corinthians 12 are speaking specifically about the diversity of spiritual gifts within the body of Christ, just like you're mentioning. But I think it also explains the way God operates on a whole. He loves variety. It's beautiful to him, 
but it's not only beautiful, it has a purpose to it. So just as all of us have a diversity with, with our personality traits or a diversity with the spiritual gifts that he's given all of us, there's a purpose for that. In verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 12, it says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You're a part of it. You play a part in it. We've got to get past this fleshly desire to try and look like somebody else, you guys. If we're stuck sulking about our body and the way God designed us, which is in his likeness, by the way, don't forget that, we'll be missing our purpose. And just like the prophet Jeremiah, he has appointed each one of us with a job to do. And we're going to be terribly ineffective at that job if we're sitting here wallowing about our bodies. Should I say that again? We're going to be terribly ineffective at our job for the kingdom of heaven if we're sitting here wallowing about our bodies. So I want you to start looking at your body, your characteristics, your individualities as important and beautiful and purposeful, okay? So that's kind of the setup for talking about the different body types and what this all means. I want you to really have that perspective moving forward, okay? That brings us full circle to a big fancy word, somatotypes. <laughs> right, that. That is a two-bit word. 15 times, yeah. Okay, so somatotyping is basically body typing. And it's one of several ways of categorizing the different body types based on physical structure and metabolic tendencies. There are lots of other ways to type different bodies, but I have found that using somatotypes is the simplest and makes the most sense. I think some of the other types is looking at our different blood types, looking at whether you're a sugar burner or a fat burner, but all basically, the other, all these other ways are kind of all explaining the same thing, <laughs> explaining the same differences, the same things about bone structure, fat storage preferences, and even our metabolic tendencies. So I prefer somatotyping because I, I feel like it's easy to understand. There's only three. There's only three. <laughs> but then we get a little tricky with the hybrids in there, which is everybody's like, I don't know what I am. Well, you're probably a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I need you to know that eating and training for your individual body type is an advanced skill. This is not beginner stuff. It's fun to know about, okay? This is fun information to know, but I know that many of you guys are gonna wanna just hop on board this advanced wagon before making sure that all of your ducks are in a row with the more beginner level stuff with eating and training. Those things need to be set in stone first, okay? Don't jump to the specifics of eating for your body type if you're not already eating vegetables on a regular basis. <laughs> it won't matter whether you're eating as an ectomorph or an endomorph if you never touch a vegetable, okay? <laughs> Walk before you run. Right. Okay, so start with the basics, then work your way up. So what are our three body types, Scott? Ectomorph. Yeah. Mesomorph and endomorph. And then, of course, like I mentioned, we've got the hybrids in there too. So it's kind of like if you're not, if you don't fall into any specific category, you might be a hybrid. <laughs> that sounds exciting. I know. It's super exciting. Okay. So today we're parking on ectomorph. Okay. So the ectomorph body type is the best for sure. Oh, stop. You're just saying that because you are an ectomorph. I am. I am an ectomorph. <laughs> okay. So ectomorphs are 
naturally more slender. They tend to be thin with skinny limbs. They usually have a smaller bone structure, whether they're tall or short. You can usually look at their wrists and ankles and their joints, and they tend to be more on the petite side. Scott's looking at his ankles and wrists right now, wondering if he's petite. <laughs> Again, new descriptions for me. Majestic, petite, <laughs> learning all kinds of things about myself today. Um, an ectomorph is also going to have far less pronounced muscle mass. Chances are they won't ever look ripped. They don't have muscles that really pop like other body types do. Also, an ectomorph has a very high sympathetic nervous system, okay, which basically means that their fight or flight response is usually on higher alert, which in turn creates a faster and more active resting metabolism. So this contributes to them being a little bit more slender, having an easier time maintaining healthy body fat levels. They're just generally burning a little bit more throughout the course of the day. Typically, a ectomorph is going to have the goals of needing and wanting to gain muscle strength and muscle size, especially in their limbs. Ectomorphs, just to give you an example of ectomorphs, most distance runners, endurance athletes, are traditionally ectomorphs. So people who really excel, at that, those types of sports, they t typically are more of an ectomorph. Healthy ectomorphs, because we can have someone who's an ectomorph body type. So there's someone who's naturally slender, thinner limbs. We can have healthy versions and then we can have unhealthy versions of that, okay? A healthy ectomorph is someone who is slender, but they are in fact strong. They've done a good amount of job to keep their joints, their muscles, their overall physical functioning at a, at a good, healthy level. So even though they don't look like they're the most muscular person in the lineup, they are every bit as strong as someone else in the lineup. They have the capability of gaining a lot of strength. They just might not appear incredibly muscular. And I think a good example that we can all, I, I mentioned the distance runner, that's a very, that's a healthy ectomorph, someone who is maximizing their body's type. Bringing it back to kind of our cultural norm and what we see on a regular basis, most fitness models, so those that are modeling active wear, they tend to be ectomorph or healthy ectomorphs. So someone who's slender, but they're athletic. So an unhealthy ectomorph, so the other end of the spectrum. So this is what someone who's not taking care of their body as an ectomorph, and this person is probably going to feel really fragile and kind of weak, and maybe even you've probably heard the term skinny fat. Skinny fat? <laughs> skinny fat. So this is where they actually don't have very good body composition. So they, they have very little muscle mass on their body and the only bulk that they do have on their body, even though they're slender, is fat mass. So it's, it's not a very healthy place to be. These people can kind of fly under the radar because they still fit into their clothes just fine and there's not a whole lot of motivation to get healthier and to train and eat better because culturally and just visually they they look okay they kind of look healthy but typically these are the people that that feel weak and feel like they could break easily and and that is not how you want to feel if you are an ectomorph so i would say a good example of 
perhaps an unhealthy ectomorph is kind of the traditional models that we see that are just really skinny and they they have barely any muscle mass on their frame so as you can see the majority of models are probably genetic ectomorphs out there and once you recognize that you're going to see that a lot more You'll see that in ads, you're gonna see that in magazines. I must say though that some companies are doing a better job of bringing us a little bit more diversity in the bodies that are modeling the clothes. But traditionally, they're ectomorphs. They're just all genetic ectomorphs. They're naturally inclined to being slender and thin. And so unfortunately, over time, we develop this awareness, and it could be conscious or it could be subconscious, but this awareness that this is the ideal body shape and style. So usually those of us that are not ectomorphs want to be ectomorphs. <laughs> and if you're a mesomorph or an endomorph, you're probably thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, but what can I do to become an ectomorph? <laughs> and this goes back to what I what we were talking about earlier. Change your heart. <laughs> Check, Check your, your heart. heart. Check your heart. Well, and if I can make anybody feel better, as an ectomorph, I definitely look at the other body types and think yeah. there are things I want from their body types as well. Yeah. So give me some examples of that. As an ectomorph, when you're looking at a mesomorph or looking at an endomorph, what are things that you would desire from those traits? Well, especially as a man, I think bulk and strength, um, especially when you look towards a mesomorph and how it's easy for them to put on muscle mass that has definition, uh, that seems ideal for a man where I have very slender limbs that mm -hmm. even if I work out quite a bit, I have a hard time putting any mass on my arms. Uh, you know, the joke last summer was fill the sleeves, but for me, it seems impossible unless I just buy a children's shirt. That's the only way I'm going to be filling any sleeves. Let's not do that. So you look to that and then you look all the way up to an endomorph and look at the power they have and the strength they have. Yeah. I look at my friends who are like that and how athletically they are able to just physically do things that I struggle right. with. I just don't have the same kind of strength. Yeah. Yeah. So I think even though culturally we've been conditioned to think that the ectomorph is probably the quote unquote ideal body type, there are definitely disadvantages and then advantages. Just like the personalities again. Exactly. So let's take a look at the specific nutritional needs of an ectomorph. So the ectomorph body type, they're definitely gonna have a much faster metabolism, okay? They might even be borderline hungry all the time <laughs> and feel like they can never really fully satisfy themselves. So does that mean all children are ectomorphs? Probably, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, all children are children and just want snacks. <laughs> and that's why they want snacks constantly. every 30 seconds. <laughs> So an ectomorph's body is naturally inclined to use fat as a primary fuel source, which is why they tend to be more slender because of their faster metabolism. An ectomorph also has a pretty high carbohydrate tolerance, and they actually will thrive with a diet that's higher in the starchier carbohydrates. And so they might actually benefit from eating a higher carb meal with most meals of the day. So what that might look like is breakfast, lunch, dinner, you're going to purposefully include as an ectomorph one serving of that could be a particularly starchy fruit or starchy vegetable or even whole grains, legumes, beans 
food items that tend to be on the starchier side or the higher carbohydrate side. So someone who is naturally an ectomorph, genetically an ectomorph, is not going to feel their best doing a very low carb diet. They'll probably feel like they have zero energy, lethargic, and they have a hard time maintaining any muscle mass or the energy they need to even start to create that muscle mass. So on the training side of things for an ectomorph, like I said before, ectomorphs truly excel at endurance training. And a lot of this is because they do have a larger distribution of what we call slow twitch muscle fibers. And so those muscle fibers, they just don't take up as much space. That's why their muscles, when they do build muscles, they're just slender, they're more slender and and longer and leaner, but that also helps them truly excel as an endurance athlete. You watch the Tour de France, you don't see a single endomorph out there. (laughs) And usually the one that's winning the entire tour is very much an ectomorph, not even an ectomesomorph, not even kind of straddling the line. So they truly do excel at those long distance sports and feel probably they're the best doing those types of sports. But the needs of an ectomorph is that they really do need to spend time building muscle mass because if they're not careful, they could become too skinny or too slim and not actually be strong enough to handle the demands of living and they could feel quite fragile. An ectomorph needs to really prioritize weight training and spending time working on building the muscle mass that they can. Now we, we talked about the hybrids a little bit and this is where it gets a little funky and you're not quite sure, well, I don't know, I feel like I might be an ectomorph but I'm not quite sure. So let's talk about the two hybrids that there are. There's an ectomesomorph and the mesomorph we're gonna talk about a lot more next week on the podcast. An ectomesomorph is someone who's athletic looking yet they still are on the thin side, especially in their limbs. So they might really excel at sports and kind of be able to go between the different distances. If they're a track athlete, they might be able to do the middle distance events pretty well, but they still tend to have slimmer limbs, but they're still more athletic looking. They can build muscle more than a true just ectomorph. And you can actually become this. (laughs) And this is where it gets a little confusing. You can actually, based on your lifestyle and your habits, you can train your body to become a little bit more like a different body type. And this is where everybody's ears perk up. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? So someone who has, so an ectomorph who has done weight training and eaten well for years, this person might resemble more of a mesomorph takes dedication and a lot of consistency, but if you were to break down their muscle mass and even their metabolic tendencies, they might actually begin to resemble more of a mesomorph. But genetically, they're still not going to have muscles that pop, be the most athletically powerful in the group. That's not gonna happen. So am I ever gonna fill the sleeves or not, Megan? Well, it depends on how tight your sleeves are, how small your sleeves are. (laughs) 
<laughs> but if you are an ectomorph and feel like you're just not very strong, yes, you can absolutely do weight training and proper strength training to get you to the point that you do have muscle mass and feel strong and powerful. And then another hybrid is the ectoendo. So this is someone who's an, kind of a hybrid between an ectomorph and an endomorph, which is kind of on the other end of the spectrum. And a lot of people are like, what? How is that even possible? This is a genetic ectomorph who has spent years being inactive and has been and has made very poor food choices and now their metabolism resembles more of an of an endomorph with poor carbohydrate tolerance where genetically they can tolerate carbs really great but now because of their habits over years and years they now have fairly poor carbohydrate tolerance and a a slower metabolism. So now their body is beginning to behave more like an endomorph. Someone that's an ectoendomorph hybrid, it's not necessarily a healthy option for that ectomorph. So you might look at yourself and be like, you know, I've got really slim limbs, but I carry a lot of weight in my middle. And I feel like if I have pasta for dinner, I feel it for a week you might be this. You might be this hybrid where over years and years of poor lifestyle habits, you've trained your metabolism to slow down a little bit more and start to behave more like an endomorph. So if you think that this is you, that you're probably over years of just poor eating choices and poor sedentary behavior, you feel like you've conditioned your body to be more of this ecto-endomorph hybrid, it gives you a place to start from. And it's actually probably not the best idea for you to eat like the true genetic endomorph, or excuse me, the true genetic ectomorph. You might actually feel best because your metabolism right now is behaving more like an endomorph. It's probably better for you to make food choices based on how an endomorph should, because we're gonna learn in a couple weeks that the whole endomorph's purpose with choosing food and training is to improve their metabolism and do all the things that they need to do to make their metabolism work faster. So as an ecto-endomorph hybrid, you will probably benefit the most from eating more similarly to how an endomorph should be eating. So here are some general recommendations for the ectomorph body type. So if you are an ectomorph, you feel like, okay, this is sounding a lot like myself. I might be a slight hybrid, but that's definitely me. I have a hard time building muscle mass. I tend, if I don't work out, I feel really fragile and weak. And I just know that my muscles are never going to pop. So General recommendations for you, I want you to make sure that you're really, really making weight training a high priority for you. I want you to use it to support your love of endurance training. That might be your bread and butter, the endurance training stuff, doing marathons or just anything that feels like a distance sport. That could be where you really excel, but you need to make sure that you're not just doing that as an ectomorph. You need to be doing something that's building your muscle mass. So Scott, I know for you, over the last year, you've been really prioritizing the weightlifting and it's making a difference. It is, and it's been kind of nice because I have found that I do enjoy lifting a little bit heavier, not just doing the body weight stuff all the time because it's the only way that I really do feel like I'm gaining quite a bit of strength. Yeah, it really does make an impact. And then the next thing for ectomorph is I want you to make sure that you are 
eating a very balanced diet and that you are paying attention to how healthy your food is. Because as I mentioned earlier, someone who's on the slender side, who's naturally thin, the trap is that you're not going to pay very close attention to what you're eating because you're not overweight and you feel like you can kind of get away with it. But under the surface, you're not healthy. So you need to make sure that you're still eating a very balanced diet. But fortunately for you, you can get away with having those starchier carbohydrates at probably most meals of the day. And in fact, you'll probably feel your best if you do. And as somebody who loves potatoes, I love this. I know, I know. And you can have potatoes at breakfast every morning and I can't. I feel it if I do. It feels heavy for me. It feels like it slows me down. But I know for you, it gives you energy to kind of start your day. And so that kind of shows you the difference between how certain food types can make our bodies feel. The other thing is making sure that when you are choosing your foods, make sure that you put a high priority on protein because your biggest goal right now is to really build the muscle mass. And if you don't provide your body with enough protein to use, that muscle mass is never going to grow. So at every single meal, yes, you can definitely have the starchier carbohydrates, but that protein must be there. For women, a good portion size of protein to make sure that you're getting enough is at least one of your own palm-sized amounts. And that's the size of your palm in diameter and thickness. When it comes to men, it should be two palm-sized amounts. So that gives you an idea of what your own protein needs should be as an ectomorph. So make sure that every time you're eating, you're supporting that muscle growth as much as you can. And then just remember, don't use your smaller frame as an excuse to eat what you want. I said this already, but pay attention. You need to treat your body healthy, whether you feel like you can get away with it or not. You will absolutely feel your best if you are eating healthy and training well. You might not necessarily look a whole lot different on the outside because you're already slender, you weren't overweight to begin with, but you're gonna feel so much better if you are eating and training the way that your body was always meant to be. Okay, so if all of this, now that we've kind of unfolded the ectomorph body type and you're like, yes, that makes sense. I feel like you're talking to me, but at the same time, you feel like you might be a little bit more confused on how to put it all together and put it into real action steps for your life. I want you to know that I have resources for you, okay? I've actually created an ectomorph-specific meal plan. It's a full four weeks of meals completely laid out for you, so it pretty much removes all the guesswork out of how you should be eating as an ectomorph. I make sure that all the meals are well-balanced. They put a heavy emphasis on plenty of protein, lots of good fruits and vegetables. They even include some healthy starchier carbohydrates in there, and then of course, healthy fats. Um, Those meal plans come with complete grocery lists. So really, guys, it's kind of a no-brainer. So to find the ectomorph meal plan, it's only $10 to purchase. To find that, you just go to strongmamas.com and click on products, and you're going to see my meal plan there. Now, on the training side of things, if you feel like, okay, you just keep saying weightlifting, but my mind is running, and that's kind of all I know how to do is I like to just go for a run. That's awesome, but let's get you weightlifting. So what I want you to do is change your mindset. 
and start to be willing to try some strength training, some weight training, and start to put some priority on that. If you have no idea where to begin, in less than a month, I'm gonna be opening up my Strong Mamas coaching program for general registration. September 1st is when that opens up. And that is strength training programs completely laid out for you, whether you're a beginner or an advanced trainee, okay? So it's it's the perfect place for you to start. There's actually some running protocols in there too that I think you'll have a lot of fun with. So as an ectomorph, I don't wanna leave you hanging and feeling like you don't really know what to do with all this information. Let's help you put it into practice. So those two things should hopefully help, the meal plan and then also the coaching program, which is gonna be coming your way very soon. So that kind of wraps up just the discussion today on the ectomorph body type. And next week, we're going to go a little bit more into the mesomorph. And hopefully, as we begin to unveil the different body types, you're going to get a better sense of where you are, who you are, your own individualities. And you won't think, oh, I wish I was somebody else, or I wish my body behaved that way. I want you to, as you learn about your body, to just really think, wow, this is amazing that God made me this way, and let me see how I can maximize this, this body that he gave me, so that I really truly can be effective for his kingdom and be as healthy as I possibly can be. That's really the point of all of this, you guys. And it's just a ton of fun too, to learn more about ourselves. (laughs) I want to invite you to send me your questions too. This is a great topic, our body types. I know that so many of you are just super curious about this stuff and probably have questions about your own body's behaviors and met- metabolic tendencies and maybe even fat distribution. And if if you're not sure, please send me your questions. I love answering them. If you have body type specific questions, please send me a private message or direct message on Instagram or Facebook. Once again, you can find me on Instagram at strong underscore mamas and then on Facebook at facebook.com backslash strong mamas, all one word. And shoot me a quick message and I will get your, your questions there. Thanks again, you guys, for joining me today, for joining us today. We had a ton of fun discussing the ectomorph body type. Make sure to stay tuned next week as we talk about the mesomorph body type and its hybrids. And then the following week as we discuss the endomorph. Have a great rest of your week, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.